You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society. This is Steph here, and we are on episode number 36. And today we are going to talk about becoming resilient. Because whether or not you think of yourself as a resilient person or not, you can decide to become one. And I look at resilience as a bit of a muscle. And in order to get stronger muscles, we all know we need to work out. And so we are going to learn how to work out and get stronger with resilience, with your resilience muscle. So there's a super famous quote from Thomas Edison that I like to think about when I sort of want to give up on a long-term goal I've set for myself or even a short-term goal. But This quote is from Thomas Edison. I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. So this was something that Edison is supposedly said after he worked for a super long time trying to invent the light bulb. And he had a lot of failure while he was inventing this light bulb. The filament broke, it didn't work, all of these different things happened. And I'm sure he was being kind of flippant when he said this, and who knows if he actually counted whether or not he failed 10,000 times. But the fact is, he didn't quit, and he kept going, and he kept trying, and he eventually overcame all of the obstacles because of that. Now, we totally take for granted every time we flip a switch that the lights work and a light bulb works. So thank you, Thomas Edison, for having resilience and thank you for not giving up. So let's talk about now. Let's talk about we are in 2022 and uh, I am recording this in June and we're about to go into the third summer of the coronavirus the pandemic that will not ever seem to die. Every time we think we've turned the corner, there is a new uptick. There is a new insurgence. There is a new wave. There is a new variant. It's getting a little old. And there are a lot of people who have used this time to kind of better themselves. And there are a lot of people who have used this time as an excuse to not move forward on their long-term goals or their short-term goals or any goals whatsoever. And I think there's a lot to be said from that. And I think when this is all done and you look back at this one, two, three-year period of your life that's going to go down in the history books and you're going to talk about it for years and years to come and you're going to share these stories with your grandchildren, What will you say? What will you have done? What 
came about for you during this really sort of historical period of time. So the actual dictionary definition of resilience is the ability to adapt and bounce back when things don't go as planned. So think about that. Nothing, nothing right now is going as planned. This is not what I wanted for the summer of 2022 to yet again be trying to do this like mental gymnastics of trying to figure out of, is it going to be crowded and do we need to wear masks and do we have all of the different medications in the house and do we have enough boxes of tests in case we do come across the virus. None of this is something that (laughs) I want to be thinking about. I'm sure it's not something that you want to be thinking about. And yet here we are. This is what is happening. And you can either kind of pack up your toys and go home, or you can sort of flex your resiliency practice being a good role model for yourself and a good role model for your children and for the people you surround yourself with. And how are you going to behave right now when things don't go as planned? Okay. So the key word, what I just said is when things don't go as planned. And so there you are. Do you even have a plan? And if you do not have a plan, the, the the whole old school quote is, if you do not have a plan, you have then planned to fail. So you really do need to have a plan. You need to know what you're working towards and what you are working for. Otherwise, you are that perpetual hamster on a wheel and you're just running in place. And I don't want that for you. I don't want you to feel like no matter what, you're not making forward progress. And I don't want you to ever feel like no matter what, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not going to be good enough. So why even bother? That is a defeatist mindset and it is not something I want you to have. So let's go back to the very, very, very basics, the five steps of slow living. We talked about it in the beginning of this podcast. It's in the free slow down and simplify ebook. I'm happy at any time to hop on a coaching call with you. I continue to have these four free one-time coaching calls. You can sign up at stephanieoday.com forward slash mindset and get on my calendar and I will help you. I will help you come up with a plan because if you do not have a plan, something is holding you back and that is a mindset issue. And so we need to figure that out. But We're going to go over super quick, down and dirty, five steps to slow living. Declutter, simplify, purge. Whatever is working for you, keep it. If it's not working, you know, you look around your house, you look around your friends, you look around your life, you look around your calendar. If something in it is not working for you, get rid of it, purge it. You do not need to continue to do the things that don't work for you just because That's what you've always done. Okay, step one, get rid of things, declutter. Step two, know where you're going, have a life purpose, plan your GPS, set it, and then keep moving ahead. 
So back when I started the Crockpot site, my GPS was firmly pointed to, I wanted to work from home. I wanted to stay home with my kids. That was the great big overarching goal. It took a few years of trial and error and figuring things out in order to find a way to legitimately work from home so I could stay home with my kids. That was where my GPS was set. Now, my GPS is set towards early retirement, trying to stop working. So then again, I can stay home. So I think you can sort of see a theme here with me in that I really like to just kind of goof around and do what I want to do, but have enough money in order to do so. So that's where my particular GPS is set. You need to figure out what your long-term plan is. For some of the women I work with, it's getting their health back in shape after a kind of a devastating diagnosis or a whole bunch of weight gain that they're not happy with. And that is what they're working towards. And then from there, we break down that big goal into smaller action step goals. So number three then in the steps of slow living is to stay positive. You cannot continuously make forward progress and feel good about it if you are being a negative Nelly, if you are being a pessimist, if you are surrounding yourself with cynics, that is not going to help you in any way. You need to find a way to have the mindset that I'm going to keep going. Things are going to be okay. I can do this. You need to stay positive. Number four, teeny tiny action baby steps every single day. This is what you're going to do. You've created a plan. Now you're going to keep doing it. You're going to keep going. If you know you function the best when you get up early and start your day with a glass of water, that's what you're going to do. You're going to continue to follow the plan every day, teeny tiny baby steps. And then step five, after you've got some data, after you've been at this for a while, tweak, fine tune, figure out what works for you and what doesn't. Were you too all or nothing? When it came to making diet and lifestyle changes and now all of a sudden you realize, huh, this is not sustainable, that is okay. You don't need to follow the exact same to-do list. Always, always, always tweak, fine-tune, modify. Your GPS will recalculate. It is a-okay. Okay, so now you've got your plan in place. Now, what do you do in order to become resilient when obstacles, when things come up that is real life, um, devastating news in your family or in your extended family, an unexpected sickness, a broken down car, and all of a sudden now what you thought you were saving for, there's a hiccup, there's a road bump, and you've got to find a new vehicle. This is real Life And it doesn't mean you scrap everything. And it doesn't mean you start all over again. It's finding a way to deal with the day-to-day obstacles in a calm, thoughtful, methodical way. Sure, if you have a flare-up and you need to be upset because you got a flat tire or you got in a fender bender and somebody hit your car, fine. Get mad. Get upset. That's okay. You can, you're a real human and you're allowed to have real human emotions, but you are not allowed to completely throw in the towel and give up. So 
Resilient people view a difficulty as a challenge, not as a paralyzing event. They look at their failures and their mistakes as lessons to be learned from and opportunities for growth. So take a look at yourself and be honest. Is that you? Is that the behavior you're modeling for your children? What can you do? What what can you do the next time a challenge comes up? How can you calmly and thoughtfully slow down and look at a problem and look at an obstacle as a challenge versus something that is catastrophic and and you have the thought of this always happens to me and it's never going to work. Those are not helpful thoughts to have. Commitment. Resilient people are committed to their lives and to their goals and they have a compelling reason to get out of bed each morning. So I've told you before that I jump out of bed ready to start my day and I have a few different thoughts that I don't even have to think about anymore. They just sort of pop in my brain. And the first thought I have is, today is the day that the Lord has made. And that was a a church hymn that gets stuck in my head every once in a while. And so that is one of my first thoughts. And sometimes it's the Oklahoma song, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning, when I look at the sunrise, right? I look at just out the window. And those are the thoughts that I have. It's kind of a a knee-jerk, no-brainer thought. And I've practiced those thoughts until they've become automatic. So think about you. Think about when you get out of bed in the morning. What is your first thought? Is your first thought of, oh, God, I'm so exhausted. Oh, I don't want to do this. So those aren't thoughts that are helping you in any way. So choose a new thought and then practice it over and over again until it becomes sort of a no-brainer. Personal control. Resilient people spend their time and energy focusing on situation and events that they have control over. So I like to think of control as kind of being in an airplane and (laughs) The problem with being in an airplane when you're strapped in and you're stuck in your seat is you're actually out of control of flying it. There's nothing you can do and you sort of have to relinquish that control. But what can you have control over in an airplane? You can have control over whether or not your seat back is upright or reclined, if the, if the time is, you can have control over whether or not you take sips of water slowly, whether or not you order yourself a coffee or a tea. You can have control over what you read or what you watch. You can have control over whether or not you open your eyes or close your eyes. You can have control over what conversations you can try and follow and eavesdrop and track. You can have control over whether or not you're putting in noise-canceling headphones. You have a decision of what you can and can't do and what you can 
and won't focus on. So you get to decide. So a lot of times on an airplane, I try and have this sort of peaceful feeling where I close my eyes and I'm either listening to a playlist on my phone or I'll, I'll plug into whatever the, the pre-programmed kind of peaceful spa music is that the plane provides. And, and I, and I just sort of go to my happy place. And a lot of times we're close to the wing so I can hear the engine. And that is actually sort of a calm, peaceful feeling. So, You can be highly anxious and you can have the thought over and over again of, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, this is horrible, I'm uncomfortable, my nose is itchy, my feet don't touch the ground, I don't like this seatbelt, how many other people have sat in this plane, this is disgusting, I hate this. So you can have all those thoughts, but they are not going to help you and they are not going to keep you calm. And if you're over all thought and feeling that you want to have is calm, and at peace, then choose the thoughts. Choose what you can control. Okay, another thing that resilient people do is they learn and they pay attention to their past mistakes and failures. And instead of globalizing of, oh, God, I always suck at this or or, or this is just something that I do or I pulled a I pulled a Steph or I pulled a Susie or or whatever it is. No. Look at your past mistakes and your past failures as a scientist and just go back and methodically think and 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 look at the data and look at the the missteps and see where you went wrong and then decide how you're going to handle it when this sort of situation comes up again. So somebody cutting you off in traffic, a coworker kind of being a jerk. These are things that while we don't like them to happen, we sort of know as humans they're going to continue to crop up. So figure out in advance what you will do differently to keep you from flipping out or flaring up because every mistake has the power to teach you something important. And so Be curious. Figure out what you can do better and then just look at everything that comes up as an opportunity to strengthen that resiliency muscle. And then choose. Choose who you want to be. Choose what your response is. What would you want someone if... Somebody was saying, oh, what do you know about Steph? Uh, what, what, what can you tell me about her? What response would you want somebody to use to describe you? And then try and lean into that and become that person. Become the adjectives you want someone to describe you as. And it, it might sound a little Machiavellian and, and a little fake it till you make it, but Remember, if we're lucky, life is long. Who you are doesn't mean that's who you're going to be in a year from now, three years from now, five years from now. I think we've all looked at enough pictures on the internet of people who have completely changed their lives by making a decision to better themselves. 
and you absolutely can be that person. And if you need help making goals, reach out. It's You're not alone. I think sometimes people think that goal-driven people are all very hustly and go, go, go and are wearing business suits and are data tracking everything and are using bullet journals and they log all their food and they log all their steps. And I think there's a time and a place for that, but it's not something that you need to do if it doesn't feel right for you. So I prefer to just sort of have this kind of mindset of, I know where I'm going and I'm going to trust myself enough to make the correct choices as they come up. So I personally am not a huge tracker of all of my data. I've got a Fitbit. I pay attention throughout the day of what steps I take. And if I'm a little below my 10 grand, I pay attention to that. Maybe I stand up a little bit more at work or I decide to take a lap around the building or something like that. But in general, my Fitbit sort of buzzes and tells me I've hit my 10,000 step mark right around two o'clock or three o'clock. And so that's just sort of my benchmark. But I don't like write it down on the spreadsheet. I never download my data. I don't pay attention to that. I'm aware, but I'm not obsessive. Same with um, tracking my food. I'm aware sort of of what I'm eating and what I'm not eating. And I try my hardest to stick to protein. I try to not eat all of the time. I I stick to the intermittent fasting routine that I have outlined in the 246 Eat book because that's what makes me feel the strongest and the healthiest in my body and keeps my insulin from spiking at inappropriate times throughout the day. And so I can sort of regulate my moods and my emotions and my hormones that way. So that's why I personally like intermittent fasting. But again, it's not something I'm obsessive compulsive tracking. I don't have this long-winded spreadsheet where I'm like, well, today I fasted for this many hours and my eating window was this many hours. I, I, It's not something that I track. I'm just aware of. And so if you've got an overarching long-term goal, you can reach it by not always, always, always tracking all of the data, but just being aware. If you've got a really tight short-term goal and it makes you feel better to track your data, go for it. That's fine. But, but don't decide that you've failed if you forget to log something or if you forget to track something. I want you to be an actual <laughs> for reals human and, and not a robot and not a computer. And real life has ups and downs and bends and turns and all of this stuff. And just keeping an eye on the big picture and intuitively following your nudges listening to your body, if you're thirsty, drink water, doing all those things will eventually get you to where you want to go. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about how you in your day-to-day 
can become a little bit more resilient. So first off, in order to go with the flow, you do need to have a plan in place. You do need to know what you're going to do in an ideal way. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in constant firefighting mode and bending to the whim of other people's plans and other people's ideals. And you'll never really feel like you're making forward progress unless you have your own plan and your own sort of forward momentum. So make a plan and then try your hardest to to stick to it, even when things pop up. So I've mentioned before, I like the intermittent fasting that's outlined in the 246 Eat book. I also follow the seven chores as outlined in the Clean Less, Play More book. These are the chores that I do, or at least try my hardest (laughs) to pay attention to. Real life happens, but on a day-to-day basis, I wake up in the morning I gather the laundry from upstairs, I bring it down, I pop it in the washing machine while my coffee is brewing, and then I go through and I do my journaling, I do my writing, I when I head upstairs to take a shower, I flip the laundry from the washer into the dryer, and then after my shower, there's water on the floor, I use the towel to kind of dry it up. So then all of a sudden the bathroom is kind of wiped down. So these are the things that are, again, they're outlined in the Clean Less Play More book, but these are the things that are in my brain as sort of my routine. And it's not something that I have to really think about anymore. And if something comes up, if my routine gets thrown off, I've got a sick kid or the dog throws up or something like that, it's fine because taking a day off here or there doesn't mean everything's going to fall apart. It means that I'm, I'm bending, I'm being resilient, I'm being flexible. And it doesn't mean that I have decided if my day gets thrown off at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. that the whole day is ruined. Not at all. It's just a matter of getting back on course if you already have your plan set. Okay. As always, reach out to me. I am here. The the best bang for your buck if you are interested in getting your life on track is the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course. I, I can't highly <laughs> recommend it enough. So all of my one-on-one coaching clients get instant access to it. And if you sign up at stephanieoday.com forward slash peace, you'll get all of the trainings, all of the guides, all of the eBooks. So the 246 Eat book, it's in there. The Mommy Blogger Next Door book, it's in there. How to Live Slowly, it's in there. Clean Less, Play More. All of those books and the worksheets and the videos and the modules and the journal prompts, all in there along with you get two one-on-one coaching calls with me that you can redeem at any time. So if you need help setting your GPS, figuring out where you're going, this is what we'll do. We'll map out where do you want to see yourself in three years, five years, or 10 years? What is the big dream here? And then we will work backwards and we'll figure out what baby action steps you need to take in order to meet that goal. You are not behind. 
and you are most certainly not alone. I am happy to help, and that's what I do. All right. Reach me online, stephanieoday.com. You can email me. I'm a real person. I answer my emails. Tag me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. And then in the meantime, consider yourself loved and hugged. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. And I will see you next time. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.